Linda Lagarde Grover is a Minnesota writer, professor emerita at the University of Minnesota Duluth, and a member of the Boys Fort Band of Ojibwe. Her debut book, The Dance Boots, introduced us to the fictional Moje Point Ojibwe Reservation in northern Minnesota, and her novels The Road Back to Sweetgrass and In the Night of Memory revisited this place and its people. Linda's newest novel takes us back to the reservation once more as a 50-year-old mystery converges with the present in A Song Over Misqua Rapids. We see the return of characters Margie Robineau, who is fighting for her family's long-held allotment land, and Dale Ann, whose secrets from the past are about to be revealed. Characters from Linda's previous novels, who have passed on to the other side, join the story as the Minda Moyaug, a group of women elder spirits who watch over their living relatives and step in to interfere only when it becomes necessary to do so. A song over Misqua Rapids blends vivid characters, the natural world, and history into an evocative story. Here's our What We're Reading conversation with Linda Lagarde Grover. Moje Point Ojibwe Reservation is the fictitious place where A Song Over Misqua Rapids takes place. It's also the setting for your novels, The Road Back to Sweetgrass and In the Night of Memory. Can you remind readers about this place? Well, Moje Point is the name of the reservation, and it is in northern Minnesota, probably northeastern Minnesota, up on up around the Iron Range. And it is it is very much like my own reservation band, um, Boys Fort, which is where Net Lake and Vermilion are, you know, just north on the range there. And um Misqua Rapids then is an area there, and so is uh Sweetgrass, which is the just what people informally call the LaForce family land allotments. And it's um and that is where Margie Robineau lives and where her family was from a long time ago. Yeah. Can you kind of explain what these land allotments are and uh, why they're so central in the stories? After the reservations were established, um, and this would be after the 1854 treaty, then the the bands, the Native people who owned that were um, highly urged to move there. And so there was quite a bit of upheaval for um, for people being having to go back and forth, relocate to different areas. But in the um, in uh, the 1890s and for the next 30 years, a decision was made to divide reservation lands up into individual um, uh, parcels of land, and those would be allotted to members of the band. And so that was, um, and they're called their allotments. And so it is the the parcel of allotted land. Many people lost their land after that um, to oh, all for all kinds of reasons. And um, and so a few though still have the families still have that and it's divided up among many people now as time has gone by so people have interest in that and so up at um 
up at Moget, the, the fictional reservation, the LaForce family's land allotment is still intact as a piece of land. It's held by many people. And so this allotment issue is is a very real issue, but you've used it as a center point in your stories. Is that oh right? yes, it it is very real. There are there are still many people, many um, many Indian families that have shares or um, a, an interest in a piece of property on within the reservation boundaries. Many have lost them, but on some there there might be you know a few hundred people who all have little little interests in that. So in the story, one aspect of the story that I I particularly loved is uh, this group of female elder spirits who set off a chain of events. And uh, I love the idea of spirits hanging around with us. It's such a comforting thought. And mm-hmm. I love the visual of them just hanging around, sitting in lawn chairs and watching <laughs> and gossiping about the living and reminiscing. Can you talk about the role of these spirits in this story? Our belief, our traditional way, is that um, those who have those who are on the other side now, all although they have made a journey and are in the place where they're where they will be existing, they are at the same time always with us. And it's, um, it is what, I guess what you'd call a leap of faith that, you know, that, that is um, how it is. It is very, very comforting. And so, you know, I, you know, I think sometimes of people who have gone on and, um, and I, and I, I think sometimes of, ladies I've known and older relatives of mine and how they would and still do I guess I'm one of them now um maybe sit with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and um and I was just at a gathering on Friday night and women that I've known since we were you know young um we were kind of doing the same thing we're the living and like oh so and so is oh she's related to and yes he was married to well you remember that he didn't marry so and so and so <laughs> and so i find that we do that now and i thought you know knowing our beliefs i thought in the next world is this what is done <laughs> and so that is why they are in this book because um these these ladies have been in my previous work and they're they're not in the world of the living anymore so what do they do there besides watch us and um, comment on things and remember and enjoy each other's company i mean on occasion are they able to still make their presence known if it's very important and in um and in this book in the song over mississippi rapids it was very important This is what we're reading on KAXE KBXE, and we're talking with Minnesota writer Linda Lagarde-Grover about her new novel, A Song Over Misqua Rapids. I think that a theme you managed to convey in these stories is that our past and our present are inseparable. Do you feel that this is accurate, and is this what you're hoping readers will get out of uh, this new novel, A Song Over Misqua Rapids? The past and the present, I guess, are always with us as are, you know, the people that we've known. And I guess the future probably is also. And, you know, what what um, what is in our past is not separate always from what is here now or what's going to happen in the future. And so 
there are things sometimes, you know, for everybody, I think that, you know, we, we um, perhaps have walked away from or, or um, put a put a wall between that and us in the past. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't still exist. I guess you could say just the way that um, the relationship between the living and the non-living exists, the past and the present exists. So um, does it come back to haunt you? <laughs> or, or is it something that that affects what um, how things are in life today and decisions that you you make today? And what will the impact of that be in the future? Finally, do you have any further plans for Moje Point? Well, I I do have something I'm working on right now. It's um, it isn't very far in progress, but I I do have um, another um, story that I think is making itself um, known. Is kind of emerging about that, and. Um, and so with Moje Point and with the Misqua River and Rapids and the and the sweetgrass allotment lands, I mean, I I have come to to see that actually the the land around us, you know, the terrain and it may change and stuff, but it certainly is going to outlive us and it has a, a lot more power than we have. And, you know, a, a power and a presence and a spiritual aspect that we, you know, we're just, we're just mortals and we, we don't understand as we, as we live on the land. But just because we don't understand it does not mean that it's not there. Linda Lagarde Grover's new novel is A Song Over Misco Rapids. It's what we're reading. I'm Tammy Bobrowski.